Hello and welcome to Springboard, your virtual university. My name is Albert Okran, welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard, led by Comfort. Springboard is your most inspirational show and the point of convergence for the greatest minds. Your virtual university is brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation in partnership with the Multimedia Group and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank, with support from the graphic business and my joy online that means that on tuesday in the graphic business get a full transcript of this beautiful interview you're about to have so for the past few weeks we've been having this blockbuster conversation called in the engine room i love the name that means we get to go behind the scenes with frontliners in various fields asking them the what, the why, the where, the how, the whom, that's undergird their work in the public space. And even more importantly, the tears, the fears, those tough decisions that don't get to be seen on the front line. So far, you've had Dinah Hamilton, Israel Laie, Ajitianan, Anita Eskin, Kwame Eugene, and Father Andrew Campbell coming through in the engine room. Talking about Father Campbell, please send money to uh, uh, crusade for support for the lepers. Just support Father with some small money for the lepers. It will go a long way to give each leper, each cured leper, a better life. If you missed any of those editions, also find it on YouTube at Albert Okran. Today, I get to host my own sister, somebody I've been in the trenches with on the virtual university, the roadshow 2012, 2013, 2014, in Tadi, in Tamale, and that eventful trip to where she's done teenpreneurship. She was an ambassador on the core program last year. I'm talking about the CEO of GDA Concepts and the one and only host of The Standpoint, Ohenere Giftianti. I will good to see you. Good to see you too, Reverend. The daughter of God. Yes. You are too good. <laughs> How are you feeling today? Um, I'm honored to be here and I feel humbled. You know, every time in your presence because yes, this is man you've learned so many things from listening to and being around and then he's coming to me says, hmm, what's he going to ask me? <laughs> you're get, you getting to the engine room today to find out the, the things that drive your life. But how's the family? My my soon-to-be landlord at Igmasa and then my precocious niece who was four years old a couple of days ago. How, how are they doing? She, she's doing so well. She's, she's fun. She's such a blessing. Every time I look at her, I thank God. Central part of the story God. of your life. Yes, 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 I thank God, yes. As for the chief, you know, uh, he, 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 he's a legacy hunter. So he wants to turn Edumasa into the you know, tourism hub or a traditional hub of Ghana. We'll talk, we'll talk about Edumasa <laughs> in the course of, of, of time. But let yeah. me come to yourself. This week, two things struck me. Mm. I, I rewatched my interview with Anita mentioning the mm -hmm. fact that growing up she watched you on mm -hmm. TV and said this is what I want to do even if with a different flavor right. and really admired your craft, the delivery, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the push, the commitment, the excellence that undergirded your work. Mm -hmm. Then I was driving on the Obasanjo Highway and mm -hmm. I saw a billboard 
It's a regular mm. billboard I see very often. But mm. seeing that billboard that day, it must have been mm. GTP or one of those. Yeah. Uh, GTP. GTP, yes. GTP, yeah. I saw it and it struck me that this is a very imposing image of yourself. Mm. Iconic that would speak to a young lady growing up who would say, this is what I want to be in the future. Yeah. Tell me, when you were growing up, did you envision your life like this? No. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, with a background that I have, um, I grew up with so many dreams. But my greatest dream was to make my father proud. Why? And because my, I saw my dad make so many sacrifices for me. And my ultimate aim then was that when I grow up, I'll take care of dad so that he won't suffer. When I grow up, I'll give this. I'll buy fried rice for dad. Oh. You know, when I grow up, this. So, my ultimate aim was to make my father. It didn't matter whatever I, I was going to do, but I just wanted to make my father proud. Did I wanted you, to you, be. Did you realize that dream? Did you make him yes. proud? Yes. Is he still alive? No, my dad died um, in two thousand and five. But you know something, Reverend? My dad, before he died, looked at me and said, "Nana, Medasi." Oh. Because of you, the whole Ghana knows my name. Was that the happiest day of your life? I mean, it's it's. That is what gave me closure mm. and peace when he died. Mm. Because I couldn't buy him a car. I couldn't, you know, do anything great for him. I couldn't travel, you know, or take him to places. But for the fact that he said he was pleased that I'd made him proud. was It, 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 it's so much, uh, it gave me so much fulfillment. And it keeps driving me. But I see it in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, when I ask people about their childhood aspirations, mm. the answers are so different. Yeah. And yet they mean so much to the people involved. Yeah. And to you, it was make your father proud. What yeah. do you think at the time would make him proud? Let's say professionally. What do you think, if you did, would make him proud at the time? I, I'm not sure... I knew what it was. It kept changing. Um, so I'll see then custom officers around those times, nicely dressed, driving cars, and I wanted to be a custom officer. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not a job, but yes. the, 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 the reason. Yes. The reason. And, um, and then I saw clarinet you know, coming, you know, now a honorable, I think uh, we, we used to go in Brad Carlos. You know, we saw them doing well. I wanted to be a clarinetist so I could make some money to take care of my dad. And then the last one was to be a land economist. Because then, again, when I grew up to a certain stage, I think after knowing the Form 5, this Form, and we saw some people in the Tamaria, all of them did land economy and they were doing well. They had, so I wanted to be a land economist. That's where our, our aspirations overlap. I actually I applied to do land economy in, in I tech. Did. <laughs> and then I went for an interview to do planning <laughs> and got it and I ended up in Lagos. But it's a funny world, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So your aspiration growing up was to, to make your dad, dad proud happy. and to be able to take care of him. In a world that way. celebrates mothers mm. a lot and that sometimes not deliberately right. marginalizes the role of fathers, mm. it's amazing that yours yeah. seems to be the opposite. Do, yeah. you, do, you, do you know why you love your father so much? Because I saw the sacrifices my father made. 
My father, always drew me closer, would tell me stories. My father, I said, was born, he's a Gold Coast man. Prim proper. Prim and proper, a disciplinarian. But my father was very close to us. The first time, you know, I had my message, it was my father who was there. And I will never forget how he told, he was old and I'm a pension baby. His white shirt and gave it to me to clean up. Oh. You know, because of my sisters and everybody. So the sacrifices, you know, I've told the story at a point he had to become a security man, you know, to be able to see me through school. And my father gave me so much confidence and believed in me. Nana, you can make it. You know, he was always there. My father would follow me everywhere. It didn't matter. You know, I paint this picture of my most memorable you know, day or experience at Infantimine Girls Secondary School throughout my seven years was one day when I was in Form 3, senior on duty, supposed to be receiving visitors. I saw my father get down from STC bus with a briefcase under his armpit, holding a brief, um, holding a loaf of bread. And that memory will never leave my, my mind. It was like gold bread. I mean, see my father, because I knew what it took for him to come. Wow. You know, that's why I believe in communication. That's why I do what I do, because I believe that if a man could do this, you know, a man such as my father could do this, more fathers can do it, more mothers can do it. And the little things my dad did that made a difference in my life, that has brought me this far. Reverend, I can't show you that when my father died, I had a pain. No, I, didn't, I don't have any property. But everything I am today is what he invested in my life. The sacrifices he made. Very, very humbling. You've spoken mm -hmm. about three things so far. <laughs> You've spoken about the inspiration of your childhood. Yeah. And the, the, the drive to just make your father happy. Yeah. You've spoken about sacrifice. Yeah. And the picture he painted in your heart. And he's spoken also about legacy. Yeah. A very, very big word here in mm. the springboard yes. family. <laughs> Let's go on to your career. How do yeah. you find yourself in broadcasting? I mean, I read into your, mm. your, your life story. Mm. I saw that you stepped in as production manager. Something no, production, floor manager. Floor manager, sorry. Yes. Floor manager. <laughs> Just give us an idea about what a floor manager does and okay. then the transition into on-air on okay. broadcasting. I, I don't know whether it's changed, but during my time, you stand behind the main camera person facing the newscaster or broadcaster or news presenter. And then you hear, you have your, you know, your earpiece on. You hear the director shouting, stand by presenter, and then you raise your hand. Ask him, then you drop your hand. <laughs> Just cueing the presenter. That's but right. also making sure that the presenter has um, all his um, papers together. Um, has everything he, he, he or she needs for that particular presentation. But ultimately, standing behind to cue the presenter, the news presenter. And it was so exciting for me. The first time I was put on, you know why? Because my name was going to appear on TV. That floor manager gave the auntie and my father was going to see it. Wow. <laughs> you know, the first time my uh, story, thanks to what I'm sure you talk, we'll talk about one of my mentors, but uh, Mrs. Leslie from Astari. Oh, Liz, at, okay. at, at Ghanaian Times. 
Oh, she was hard on me. Lord, she was hard on me, and she's so hard on me. You know, I cried and cried and cried. One day, she just kicked me out to go and find a story. What was it? Was that GBC? No, Ghanaian Times. So you did Times before you went to GBC? Yes. Oh, I did GNA. Okay. And then I went to Times before I went to G, uh, GBC for um, internship. And then so after internship at GBC, they took me on for national service and then employed me. Wow. Yeah. Nice journey. Yeah, I tell you. So, actually, they just kicked me out. I came up with a nice story, helped me polish it, and it made the front page of Ghanaian Times that day. My father took the newspaper, roomed the length and breadth of um, Accra, and showed it to everybody. Do you find that that experience of expectation, the expectation mm. of your dad and your mm. commitment mm. to make him proud, do you find that it influences your thinking, your perspective, yes. even now? Yes. Tell me about it. Yes, because now everything I do, I still think about my father, my father's legacy. I want somebody to say, oh, that's the late SCJ auntie's daughter. I would want people to say, oh, that's Victor's sister. That's his teenage sister. But now, ultimately, I want a new to grow up and say, that was my mother. Mm. That to, to, to see me and say, that's my mother. Does it put pressure on you? It does. Tell me about it. Extremely, the I have to be, you know, extremely careful in my actions, even on social media, the things I post, you know, because I see uh, the social media, internet never forgets. It keeps playing it, but I always ask myself, okay, so in the next three, four years, when a union can read and, you know, Google's mommy's name and comes, what will come up? Let me stay on social media and pick some of the the battles that you have to fight when yeah. you get misunderstood or mis, misquoted yeah. or mis or something you, you do get misinterpreted. Yeah. Tell me about some, having to sometimes take the social media to set the record straight as it yeah. were. Yeah, it's, it it, it's so frustrating sometimes. Sometimes you you write something out of the heart, and I you know I write from my heart. I I write when. I'm motivated to. I'm not the person who always puts a motivational quote on my page. Sometimes putting jokes there, getting people to laugh or reposting other people's posts. But then when out of your heart, you write. I remember uh, recently, not too long ago, I wrote something. It was at dawn and I was up and I was just reflecting, looking at the sacrifices I've had to make. Because I have a child who is now growing up, three years then, and um, the things I had to let go because I had to make time. I had to make sure I get her to school by 1.15, I close for the day, I pick her up, I take her home, you know, continue to work from home. There are events I'm invited to, I can't go because I don't have a trusted person to send. I was just writing about that and encouraging mothers that listen we come to a stage in our lives when we have to make these sacrifices but we should remember that it's a phase it will get to it and these children will grow these are big points and, and we can get back on track but then when we miss that point of being there for these children guiding them it's gone forever we can't repick it and you got a reaction oh i had over two thousand women Sharing and saying, I thought I was the only one. I felt right. bad that I'm also I'm feeling this way. I felt 
terrible that I, I felt I'm a terrible mother by, you know, thinking that I'm making too much sacrifices. Now it's good to know. And then a blog affected her. Headline. I am I'm fed up. I want to end it all. Give the auntie vents. End it all? End it all. It's just beginning. <laughs> you know, and you could, the people just were calling. They thought I had become suicidal. They thought I want to divorce. I mean, it was ridiculous. It's, it's, it's keeping quite difficult in such times. I'm, I'm asking. It is. I'm asking. It is. Tell me about it. It is so difficult. Sometimes you are so tempted to react. But the thing is, I've come to realize that most of the time, these people know what they're doing. They know what they're doing is wrong. They just want to trend. They just want to drive people to their, pay, their, their blocks. At your expense. At your expense. You know, so I, I just ignore it. I just tell myself that, listen, those who know it, know it. But sometimes you need to set the record straight. So I go back to the same social media and say, listen, look at what somebody has done. With what I posted here. Look at the twist that they've given it. Sometimes you need to react. Sometimes you just need to let it go. You, you said something I think I would like to explore a bit more. What your mm. work entails. Mm. And, and having to make these brutal adjustments. Right. But for somebody who watches a standpoint, which is your most public work. There's yeah. so much you do that people don't know. But right. standpoint is the one they get to see the most. Right. Behind the scenes, give us an idea about mm. recording schedules, <laughs> preparation, makeup, running around here, the production, getting guests, cost, sponsorship. Give us an idea about the crazy behind the scenes. Reverend, two weeks ago, that was on the 31st of July, I recorded five programs on a Saturday. Five programs at a go, having to change clothes. You know, in and out. You know, different groups of people. And how did you feel? I mean, doing all this and going through all these switching emotions. It was tiring. It was hard to break in. You know, you have to combine everything emotionally, psychologically, physically, spiritually. You are sitting there and you are praying. You are praying for somebody. You are just, you know, tell God, please help me to. Please, they help this person to focus. You know, and then before then, getting the, you know, your panelists, your guests. Consider one thing I do, like you, I learned from you, <laughs> I make sure I get personal contact with every single person who comes on the show. Very important. Before a producer or assistant can take over, I make sure I make that personal for them to know that I cherish them. I'm not doing them a favor. They are coming to share to help us. Realize you know, the dream. Exactly. Have you cried on set before? Oh, yes. This program that I'm talking about, I cried and cried and cried. I, I, this is a prophetic question. <laughs> <laughs> I cried and cried. Oh, yes. I cried most of Sometimes we, they, somebody's relate. I mean, talking about something and I can relate. I can relate. This particular one, I mean, I just felt that, man, I have taken my big sister for granted for too long you know she's the first girl and we put so much pressure on her. i didn't realize the sacrifices she had had to make for our sake so there's that emotional you know um regrets and remembering certain things and then you yourself putting yourself i mean um i mean they, they talk about 
ingratitude, you know, how they felt taken for granted. And they remember you have been there too, you know, being there for other people, some family member relatives, and you feel so taken for granted. You know what and just struck me? You just hit it so close to home. Yeah. My big sister had to stop her education after form five because there was absolutely no other way to start working to augment my mother's income, to look after my brother yeah. and myself. Yeah. She had no choice mm. at the time. So yeah. she truncated her education mm. to, to look after us, to work yeah. and look after mm. us. So yeah. when she passed... Um, mm. regrettably yeah. um, about a decade ago yeah. my brother and I adopted her children and made them ours Bless you. permanently so yeah. close you wouldn't even yeah. know they were not biological yeah. but that's the story behind this yeah. this is real yeah it's real this is real the sacrifices you know these days I talk to people about you know having indoor relationships you know and I tell them that listen you don't know the sacrifices that have been mm. made so when a mother or a sister, of course, sometimes people go overboard. You need to take your time and find out what has gone. Because people carry so many pains and, you know, brokenness. And if not properly handled, they misapply. Do you feel your life is about telling the other side of the story that's not known? Yes. Tell that's me. what I... I, I, that, <laughs> I don't know how I got here. Because um, growing up, I've always been this person... You know, because of my background, well, there's nothing there. So I had to cover up, keeping up appearances, peer pressure, behave as if nothing. Then suddenly I'm this woman who likes to tell the story as it is, as real as it is. Recently, I started putting my, uh, my uh, exercises on social media. It's conveying a message that it is not easy, but you have to. Be consistent. You have to persist if that is what you want. And I tell people, it's because I want to be able to keep up with my little girl. You know, one of my fears, you know, you ask me behind the scenes whether your nephew is coming. You know, I wish. But sometimes I sit back and go, okay, I'm 51 going 52. And you know, I've just turned four years. How could there be a difference? How long working, you know, years do I have? How my resources? Would I be able to give her if I should add another one now? Of course, I'm not God. God works in mysterious ways, but God has given us wisdom. You need to plan. You need to add. You know, add and multiply and supply and do everything. Wow. You know, so a lot of things go into it. But having a child at this mm. late age is itself a story, a miracle, an example, yeah. a testimony. Yeah. Also, a reminder that even if you didn't have uh -huh. and so what? And so what? It's, yeah. it's itself, a, a story in itself. Yeah. Do you find that sometimes people want to take your life away from you and live it the way they want to? Yes. Tell me about that. Yes. I mean, <laughs> you know, how sometimes people tell you, <laughs> I don't even know how to put it, but most of the time people don't seem to understand or get it that your life has changed because there's a little one in there. And there, some of them have children, but their children are grown. I tell people that I had a child when some of my mates had grandchildren. <laughs> you know, so the sacrifices I have to make are different from what you have to make. I always have to think about her. But sometimes people make so much demands in you. 
you have to be here. We expect you to be here. We expect you to be there. You need to be able to do that. But it doesn't work like that. Let me, I'm trying to find out, yeah. and if you just join us, this is Springboard yeah. Virtual University. My, my own sister, Ohinia Egypti, auntie is in the studio. If you, the voice is unmistakable. You're talking about <laughs> her inspiration growing up, how her career journey began as mm. a floor manager at GBC, or among other things. She's talking about GNA, Ghanaian mm. Times, GBC, and then, of course, now doing GDA. She's talking mm. about the fears her father and the sacrifices, the thoughts about legacy, talked about mentoring. But I want to explore, mm. in all this, yeah. you're trying to paint a picture. Mm. You're trying to live out a story. Yeah. Have you been broken before? Oh, yes. Several times. Several times. When um, my plans don't fall through, I've been through betrayals. I've been through disappointments. I mean, <laughs> a failures, you know, when, and the mistakes, when you, you plan. Tell me, tell me a couple of them. Tell me, tell, when you see it, people say, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. tell me something that I broke mean, you or yeah. something that you look back at and you say you wish it hadn't happened. Happened, yeah. you know, for, for example, um, when I was in school, I didn't find someone, I was a very brilliant student when I was going I went to government school um, sat for common entrance in form one I passed there was no money so I sat for I went for another year form two I passed I went to advance my girls again with school I was doing well then peer pressure said same O level I did well but A level I didn't do well because I let the entertainment thing go into my mind and I was always modeling for school and doing that and one of my regrets I, I, I look back and Though I feel I made that for my dad later on in life. Now I sit back and after, oh, how I wish my father would have been excited if there was a kind of, you know, like a speech and prize giving day. And I, I receive a prize. You know, my father would be so excited. I look at relationships that I went in there that I shouldn't have. And I stayed for too long for because of one reason or the other. Uh, look at people I, I took in without praying about or without thinking through deeply and um, they betrayed me they left with this one that you know she, she just came to do intention in my office and I realized that whenever we close a special weekend she'll follow one person or the other to go. So I asked her what was going on and she said, oh, her parents are dead and her grandmother is in Kumasi. She's a legal and so I brought her in into my home. And that girl could have easy, easily killed me. Do you regret when you look back at such investments that have gone seemingly bad? Some of them I regret. Some of them um, I'm glad it happened. Because it's made way for me. It's reformed me. Um, the regret, because some of them, the, the tag will always be there. You know, you can't rid yourself of it. Um, there's certain, and when you are even about to do something new, it scares you. You remember that, ah, this is all. So anything that looks similar to that, you are careful. 
you're, you're not, you know, now it's, it's made me this person who always takes calculated risk. I need to analyze it, think about it, you know, dream about it, pray about it, ask about it before I think. But sometimes, even after all that, I still fail. You didn't get to do the speech day with the prizes that you wanted to do for your father. But was he alive in 2012 when he won nine awards for journalism? Was he alive? No. Even then, he didn't see that one thing. No. But I can tell you something. In his grave, he was smiling at you. Amen. Amen. When we come back from this break, we'll be talking to Gifty about being a chief's wife. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about her fears, her fake, super crazy faith, mm-hmm. her writings the legacy she wants to live, and some more behind-the-scenes aspects you've never heard before. But before I went to the break, before that, she was talking about having done well in the O-level and failed in the A-level. Listen, if you didn't do O-level and A-level, you don't understand this dynamic, but it's a very important conversation. And this is the third time somebody very prominent on this show and in this period of a couple of months has mentioned doing extremely well, distinction at the O-level, mm-hmm. and then having a bad A-level, mm-hmm. and how it turned around. In the next minute, I'm going to hear from somebody who said the same thing, the Honorable Finance Minister, mm-hmm. talking about Springboard. Mr. Speaker, over the course of this year, I have traveled around the country, engaged with the people, especially the young people. We have listened to them and heard their concerns. Eight weeks ago, Mr. Speaker, I visited Tamale and Sunyane and interacted with thousands of young people. Also visited Chebi and Chiapiasi. <laughs> Drawn from various universities and tertiary institutions as part of the Springboard Foundation program. I also participated in both the Accra Springboard and NUC's annual leadership training programs. These interventions, the speaker, provided me of yet another opportunity to experience at first hand the expectations and aspirations of our young people. We will work together to sensitize and connect the youth to the numerous opportunities being made available by government, including a strategy to create jobs and business opportunities for one million Ghanaian youth by 2024. So far, we've developed five new programs including an exciting U-Bank program. Don't be left out. Download the MTN Pulse app from the App Store or Play Store to mash up all day, every day. You can also enjoy more mashup. Just buy the new Mega Bundle and get 3 gigabytes data, extra 400 megabytes for your social apps, and free MTN to MTN calls every Monday. So just go ahead. Feel the pulse on MTN Pulse. Just be. We're good together everywhere you go. From tabletop trader to supermarket owner. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties so you're free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. UMB was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank. 
demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we are poised to make a difference not only with our customers, but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. From football fans to football star. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties, so you're free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> Welcome back to Springboard, your virtual university, and today we are in the engine room, the seventh edition of this absolutely unbelievable series behind the scenes with frontliners in various fields. My guest for today, Ohenere Gifty Auntie. And just to say a big thank you to MTN Pulse, UMB Bank and the Enterprise Group for sponsoring this intervention. And of course, the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Communications Group for making this possible for you out there watching or listening at home. Before we went on the break, the Honorable Finance Minister mentioned Springboard and what we've done with the young people over the years and especially the opportunity to go to Tamale yeah. and to go to Sinyani. He's a springboard alumnus. I mean, if I say alumnus, he's one of our early yeah. mentors. And he, I mean, he was, the, I mean, the very first to give us a chance um, with sponsorship when we started this thing um, through Data Bank the at the Data time. Bank, yeah. And then he spoke on the platform for a number of years mm. before he went into public mm. life. So this year, we invited him as a, as a mentor, senior mentor, to travel, and because he was talking about entrepreneurship and young people a lot, right. to travel with us to Sunyani and Tamale, to reconnect with what he calls his first love. And yeah. Gifty, you won't believe. You know, you know the terrain. You've been yeah. there, and yeah. you got there, and the difference. The people were waiting, yeah. and for six hours, continuous, these young people engaged in different fora. Working sessions, press conferences, um, plenary sessions, Q&A. And this was six continuous hours oh, yes. with different interventions. And they wow. literally drained their whole life out of him. <laughs> but the, the, the amazing thing, he learned so much from them. Yeah. They learned so much from him. Yeah. He saw a different picture from what tends to permeate the big media yeah. space. Yeah. This was live direct contact yeah so i am not surprised that yeah. it's influenced yeah. his thoughts going forward now it's a big thank you to you ken for not just joining us on those trips but also for the mention of our work yeah. in the in the media budget right. that was huge yeah. for us at springboard but yeah. you are a springboard i mean yeah. we, we've done yeah. this all and seen it all <laughs> yeah. you're not surprised are you <laughs> no i'm not surprised i'm not surprised at all and i can't wait for covid to go away so we hit the road because it made it's, it's different staying in Accra and uh, speaking through the you know um, television Big, yeah. or radio or whatever and going on the field. You know, I mean, I remember our trip to uh, where our car broke down, yeah, somewhere in the middle, belt. somewhere in the middle belt, <laughs> and we saw these people coming, children running towards, and we were scared. But when they came, they engaged, and then we learned about the cashew farm, 
Right. That was closed. And they told us about, you know, how they grow cashew there and the time they harvested. It was a, an experience. When we got to Wa, the people were waiting for us. And they didn't even want us to go, you know. The questions that came, the interaction. Till date, I meet people who tell me that, or oh, even on social media, that their first encounter with me, apart from seeing me on TV, was at various um, um, springboard platforms. And today, I say to the glory of God that Springboard remains one of the biggest platforms that I've had the uh, privilege to be on. Because you see, as you say, you see it. You hear from the people. Yeah. From where you sit, mm. you've done this. I mean, when you were on the core program, I mean, they, mm. I, I told you the reactions. Mm -hmm. from, and by the way, do you know that next to Ghana, the two biggest countries that enjoy the core program in terms of participation, social media-wise and everything from the analytics. Right. Sierra Leone second and Nigeria third. Whoa. And it's huge in those two countries, including significantly your presentation on that um, platform, the, the wow. e-conference platform. So, huge. And you ask yourself, should we, should we give more attention to these youth mentoring programs as a national developmental agenda? It's very important. Right. It's very important. I remember sometime you asked me a question, um, what I thought was the biggest challenge of the youth of today. And I said confusion. Confusion because they see so many things. They have access to so many things. But we have very few people telling them the true stories. That life is a process. That we did not just get up to get here. That even those who were born with golden spoon in their mouth still have to work to sustain their businesses, to, to grow their businesses. It takes a lot of sacrifices. It takes sleepless nights. It takes hard work. It takes you know, watering whatever it is that you're growing. We need to guide them and to tell them, to prepare them. So we have too many people, young people, seeing Reverend Alberto, oh, I want to be like him. I also want to host, I want to be a national icon. I want to, be, uh, to receive the Millennium Excellence Award like he, like his wife, the two of them. But they don't know what exactly goes into in the engine room. in the engine room let me pick one engine room story i've been waiting to ask you about <laughs> you've done hawking yeah. and carpentry mm -hmm. last last week for the candle blew us apart when you talked about being a laborer mm -hmm. at a point and selling and getting is this six shillings or 12 shillings yeah. or 10 shillings a, a week or something like that yeah. and everybody was like wow mm -hmm. tell me about hawking yeah. and carpentry tell me about it okay so where's the mark I still have the mark somewhere. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For the, the hooking, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's here. Yeah. used to tell us, sell the soap called, don't touch me. Those days it was full of acid. Yeah. Yeah. We used to hawk that. There was a lady who lived behind our house who used to make them. So my father would let us go for some and then we'll go and hawk it. Room the length and breadth of the Marcelli. At what stage in your life was that? Oh, I was seven, eight. So primary school? Primary school. Yeah. Tama County in our primary. We sold the uh, guardian soap as well. As and well as don't touch me. Don't touch as well as don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch me. As curious as I am. I touched and he touched my skin, he gave me the scar. I just wonder how you yeah. batted that soup. Yeah. It is just it's just amazing. Then the company came after um uh, form when I didn't get tech. 
and I was um, waiting to go to GIJ. And I was wondering how I was going to pay because my father was quite old and he had done the, you know, security wear, the watchman thing. He had sold, you know, insurance door to door. He was getting weak. So I needed to work to be able to sustain myself and see myself through um, education. Then I met these two guys at Trade Fair. They used to make uh, these war hangers, David and Michael Maldima. I know them too well. We yeah. share the same standard at Trade Fair because ah. I was the one making the war hangers. Yes. And they were, David, the Maldima, they were doing some other stuff. Yes. We share the same stand at Grand Sales yeah. and all those trade yes. fairs. Yes. I know them down yeah. well. And even at Walter Hall, oh. we share the same stand. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah. So I met them and they decided to uh, get me on to work with them. So what they were doing is they would cut, they do the casting and says, a workshop, a carpentry shop around the uh, Teshinungwa, you know, farm milk, opposite yes. the farm, farm milk depot. So I would get down at the um, barrier, Nungwa barrier, and walk up yeah, to the place because there was no money. Then they would cut the <laughs> artwork and then I will sandpaper it and then lacquer it Sandpaper, those who don't know lacquer, they're shiny, that's one thing, the thing that makes them look shiny. You know, lacquer it, and then they will do the sticking on it. So we did that for close to a year before I went to GIJ. And even when I went to GIJ, for the first year, I was still doing it. So when I close, I go there to continue to earn some money, and then we'll hop that as well. Sometimes we'll move from door to door to sell. Did your, did your mates ever see you hopping? Oh, yes. How did they feel? Interesting, I don't remember anybody saying anything to my face, but I know there were a lot of things, you know, said behind, you know, they were laughing at me, but there's one thing about me, Reverend, whatever I put my hands to, whatever I do, I make it look so attractive. Mm. So what, you're working with style or what? Hey, with swag. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I will make you buy it, you know, and let it make it seem as if it's the the most classy thing to do. <laughs> One of my favorite scriptures of all time yeah. is that in all labor, there's profit. So really, I, I mean, it doesn't really matter what exactly. God puts in your hands at any point in time, do it. Do you, do you agree? Exactly. Just like I did with a floor manager. And I did when, even on the breakfast show, my first appearance on TV, on the breakfast show, I was put on the breakfast show First ever morning show on TV in Ghana. I was put on as a floor manager. But Reverend, I put my all in it that that very first day, I ended up being a presenter on the show. And that started my, my TV appearance journey. So that. So the floor manager job well delivered, opened the floor, opened the, opened the door for your TV appearance. In one of my I talk about preparation, opportunity and success. Because what, what is it that makes... I compare your story, Anita's story, and Israel's story, and yeah. there's just one strand that is so common in, in all of them. Yeah. All, all three of you yeah. started with background roles, yeah. with the frontline role in mind, but yeah. with the background role that was executed so well, and then you ended up in the front line. Yeah. What's the big lesson in it for those who are hustling, trying to look for the front? I always say that don't aim for fame. Let fame find you. Wherever you find yourself, and I mean, we've had it, a journey of a thousand miles starts with, you know, just one step. 
it doesn't matter where you find yourself. You don't know who is watching you. So do everything you are given with every passion and diligence and commitment. It doesn't matter what it is. You know what you want to get. You know where you are going. You know what you want to aim at. Every step of the journey is a learning process. That you have to learn something. Are you still learning? Oh, I'm still learning. A lot. I'm learning to be a wife. I'm learning to be a mother. I'm learning to be a leader. Tell me about being a, a chief's wife. I mean, you want to, you, I, I've known you all, all for, for, for years. So I noticed yeah. when you added Ohine yeah. to, your, to your name. Yeah. And you raised a lot of eyebrows, Abrams, right? As yeah. you accepted now, now as your brand. But I'm interested in the nuances of Ohine Yorishi. Yeah. Ohine Yorishi. This is a course. I tell you, it's a course. And hope on its own. Has it, has it changed your life? It has. Tell me about it. It has changed my life. Um, it's made me more tolerant, mm. more accommodating. Um, I'm that person that used to love my space. You know, I'm, when I'm in my home, my you know, private space, my enclosure, that's, that's it. I'm public, yes, we are out there doing that. But then suddenly you marry a chief and then people just come into the palace as and when, without prime notice. My father raised me, you before you are going to the sister, even in relationship. Before I get to my boyfriend, I'll tell him, please, I'm coming. I've reached the, I've reached the communication. And they just turn up. You be in the room, pam, 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 patch up, then you win, then they, they'll just come in there. And then you'll be home, and then they'll come as and when. So you have to be accommodating. You can't frown. You have to serve the people because as a you are the mother of the town. So everybody is your child. I remember when I was getting my decision, your pot has to be bigger. I didn't get it. So this is now I get cook, it. Cook, cook and then yes, yes, yes. people come and eat all every the food. Time, every time I go to Edomasa. Doesn't it disrupt your life? It does. But now I'm learning to incorporate that into my life. You know, for a long time. So I don't used to go there often, especially during Akwesidai. And then um, a few weeks to Akwesidai, that's the last weekend, um, the Paramount Queen Mother just calls me out. Say, listen, over have a senior costume. You go in, you know, serve. You know, so you have to go. And one of the big, I keep telling her that one of the biggest things I've had to sacrifice for being a cheese while I was crossing my legs. Tell me about it. I loved crossing my legs. Oh, even in my sleep, I'm crossing my legs. You know, but now you can do that, sitting in front of the chief, sitting in front of the elders, because it is translated as a bad body language. I don't even know whatever that means, but it's not, you know, acceptable. It's not a, a, a sign of respect to the chiefs and the queen's mothers and then the elders. Um, that, given that I doesn't take anything away from me as a person, it doesn't demean me, it doesn't hurt me. So, anything that, if it will bring peace and, you know, um, harmony and respect among us, fine. Do you think that culturally we should be more appreciative of yeah. cultural nuances and cultural, traditional... Um, beliefs, values that 
carry a message? Do you think we should yes. spend more time oh, being yes, aware? Reverend. Yes, Reverend. You know, in my book, um, a, a Bit of Me, I write a whole chapter on when society dictates. There are certain positions you find yourself in. My husband used to love pork. But... Pork as in prokonam. Prokonam. But when he became a chief, he has to stop eating it. Why? Because culturally, it's seen as a taboo. There's a history to it that, you know, during the days of whatever it is, you know, there was an issue. And so it's a taboo. They don't eat it. Um, I have also learned so many things. But you see, our culture and our tradition is what sets us apart. That is what makes us Ghanaians. That is what makes us Fantis, Ghans, Elwes, Dagombes. God in his own wisdom allowed us to be born into these. The, Isra- the Israelites have their own cultures and traditions. The way they dress, the food they eat. I really like it. I, I like it. She's. <laughs> I, I didn't want to change. It, it looks so great. Yeah, didn't want me to change. Yes. It. Yeah. Uh, those ones and then the the, the is it the um, the, the, the beads. Yeah. The you know, and the funny thing is, I've always anybody who's followed, I've always loved these things. I didn't know because my father was a true traditional man. My father was supposed to be a chief in Quantanine, but he said he was too old, so his nephew took. That you know, so you, my father. How do you marry a chief to make your father happy? <laughs> Maybe I'm going to about it. Of course, let me greet my my, my dear friend and brother, Nanan Sakal. The fourth is, is that correct? The fourth. The yes, fourth, yes, Nanan Sakal. Yes, thank, yes. thank you for being yes, who you are, and yes. thanks for being on the show the last time as we had we broke down Ghana yes. from the previous yes. perspective. With, with Prof now, uh, Vice Chancellor. Yes. yes. Vice Chancellor. And congratulations to, to Prof. <laughs> yes. The first female. Vice Chancellor of the University of Ghana. You know, it's yeah. interesting that somebody drew my attention this week. It's been a trending news this week that the yeah. University of Ghana now has female leaders across, across. the Vice Chancellor, the Chairperson, so, uh, my friend, the Registrar, so, the Head of Nibuchi, yes. and who are listing the number of ladies in leadership. Yes. And I spoke with Professor Dolphin about it yes. uh, quite a while ago, and yes. I was saying to her, maybe they broke the glass to me, and now maybe others can find they this did. place. Let's end on, on the did. note of, of women, your right. favorite subject. Let's mm-hmm. close with your thoughts for mm-hmm. women as we explore leadership for women mm-hmm. and the breakthroughs that we are seeing in terms yeah. of empowering women, creating space, now being able to celebrate one institution with women leaders across the world, which is yeah. great for our society. Right. What will be your closing thoughts for that young lady out there who feels, I wish I could also have a story, my billboard on Obasanjo Highway, yeah. or being hosted on Springboard talking yeah. about my lessons? Yeah. What will be your there's, there's, there's a huge one in Kumasi. It's the Ahonjo area. Billboard, also GTP within. It's become a tourist attraction. You know, parents, pictures, yeah. They take pictures and parents, you know, point them. Where home are you? Yes, we'll start here You can do it. I just want every young lady watching me today to know that life happens. Um, nothing is easy. Even the rich have their challenges. So don't ever sit thinking, if only I wish, rise up and do something. Everything you put your mind to, if you work hard at it, you can make it. A lot of women have done it. It's not because it was given to them, but they work hard to get there. And I want you to know that there's nothing like 
settling. You can never be complacent whenever you get to in life. You always have to work, add value to yourself, prepare, constantly be aiming to go a step higher. Others have made it. You can make it. We stood on the shoulders of great people, women, and we are also offering you our shoulders to stand on. To dream and understand that there will be challenges, but you can make it. You need to die a little bit harder. You need to make um, more sacrifices. Let go of so many things that you can get later on in life. You know, let me tell you this funny story uh, briefly, and then I'll end. Years ago, I went to work in London, and the money I had, I bought a suitcase full of shoes. And I brought them to Ghana. My sister was so disappointed. She said, listen, you can do this. You could have done this with all the money. I didn't mind it. Now, I am so I'm grown up now. And those shoes, you know, and the shoes I can afford to buy now, I can't wear them. The shoes are not what made me gifty auntie. What is making me or here? What is making me the motivational speaker? It is the investment that I've made in my life, that other people have made in my life, the people I've listened to, the programs I've listened to, the advice, the critique that I've taken. That's what has come together to make me this. So take everything in your strength. Never think you know it all. At the point when everybody gives the answer, you know, no, 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 no. If you're not careful, it will blind you. And my father taught me something. There's something called the curse of stardom. He said, when you're busy messing up, somebody's busy warming up to take over. It's what a note on which to wrap up. When you are busy messing up, somebody's busy warming up to, to take, take over. over. You know what? You started with your father mm. and beautifully <laughs> and rightly ended with your father. <laughs> ten lessons from Gifty Auntie, and it was mm-hmm. so difficult to choose ten because this has been a program filled with lifelong lessons. Number one is about the inspiration and sacrifice of guess who? Mm-hmm. Her father. Mention mm-hmm. his name. Mr. Samuel Christian Kofiche Auntie. Or the full name. I knew it. <laughs> Christian Samuel Kofiche Samuel Auntie. Christian Kofiche Auntie. Sorry, sorry, you do all. So first one is about inspiration and sacrifice. Second one is about legacy. And she says, even now, when she goes on social media, the idea of legacy permeates her mm. mind. The third is about mentorship. Mm. The mentors in her life until Liz Hefron mm-hmm. Asari, correct? Yes. And then she now also being a mentor in people's life, seeing them all over the country and all over the world, and knowing that she's passing on something that her daughter can see and say, ah, that's my mom. Number four, interestingly, social media engagement, the battles, the mm-hmm. being misunderstood or being misrepresented, and the learnings from them. The fifth one was about the emotional pressure mm-hmm. of being a leader or being a public figure and how people want to drive the way you live your life. Mm-hmm. The sixth was about her regrets at points in her life where she feels she could have done much more, honored her father more, won some prizes at speech day, but guess what, she won awards later that mm-hmm. made up for that, several of them over the years. 
but the dad wasn't there to see them in person. But I can assure her he saw them <laughs> in his grave. Mm-hmm. Number seven is about what she calls confusion. I love it. It's a song. One of my guests not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, talked about a song called Confusion, and that mm-hmm. was Kwame Eugene. So she's yeah. talking about confusion. <laughs> she says, "Youth mentoring and development. Many young people are dealing with confusion." The picture they see is what they want to become, but their reality at the starting point is very far away from it, and they need to understand that it's a journey. Number eight is about profitable labor, where she defines what she did with being a laborer, being a carpenter, Mm -hmm. and how she would make everything with swag so you will appreciate it. Number nine is about lifelong learning, the fact that she's still learning even now. And then number ten, is what I call ohinierership. <laughs> the lessons of being in the palace, cultural awareness, cultural nuances, and how they shape our lives, and they have some value in it. The closing quote from Gifty Auntie, while you are busy messing up, someone is busy warming up, warming up to, take over. to take over. And that's from your dad. What a beautiful time we've had together. Yeah. A big thank you to you, Gifty. Thank you for oh, having me. I will dance well. The daughter of God. Thank you do Thanks for coming. Woman with super crazy faith in God. Super crazy faith. <laughs> we didn't talk about your faith, but it's just <laughs> such a beautiful story that you live every day, even, even when we don't talk about it. And Amen. we thank God for your life. And pray that the next years ahead will be even more beautiful as you seek to impact people Amen. in the way that God has called you Amen. to do. Amen. A big thank you to you. MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, UMB Bank, and of course the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Communications Group, and to the team at GDA Concerts for standing with you, Gifty, in all yeah. this and on this journey. May God bless them as well. So, on behalf of Team Springboard, my name is Albert Okran, saying God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Mm-hmm.